listening to On The Road, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. On The Road is brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. And NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Well, for those of you paying attention, you may have noticed last week that we skipped three podcast episodes. I introduced last week's show as number 169, when in fact it was number 166. Uh, you must have thought the old boys had one too many. I, I can't explain it. I obviously listened through to it when I edited it, put it up, even typed it on the uh, edit screen when I posted it on the host. Just didn't even click. Just goes to show you that sometimes I uh, I might be a little bit too busy about some things that we're doing. But anyway, we're here today for show 167. That's right. We've got it right this time. 167. Got a big show for you this week. Andy introduces a young lady named Denver. That's the only name she's got. Denver. D N V A H. Very interesting name. We press play on a couple of her tunes. Not a bad listen. We've also got Paul Biagini back to do the news with Andy. And Bob McMillan in with something to talk about. Just round things out a little bit. Bob goes to town on the uh, closing the loopholes bill. He's not happy about it, and I can't blame him. The whole thing's turned into a bloody circus. A three-ring circus, that's what it's turned into. We're going to have to wait for the results, I suppose. For my part this week, I want to have a little bit of a say about the cleanliness or lack of cleanliness of some of the facilities that we're using around the country. I pulled up on the southbound side on the, at Pheasant's Nest the other day and I went down on the, on the escape road and pulled up there. I just wanted to make myself a cup of coffee and get myself sorted out and uh, looked out the passenger side window of the truck and was absolutely gobsmacked with the amount of rubbish and crap that is along that side of the road. Now, I'm not saying the truck drivers are to blame for all this, but I can't see who else would be. I mean, you see trucks pulled up there having a break all the time. The blokes just empty their shit out of the truck into the, on the passenger side into the, into the ditch. Is that what happens? If you do, you're a filthy bunch of bastards, and you've got to ask yourself, why are you doing that? Why can you not use a bin somewhere? You know, you see piss bottles and all that sort of thing all over the place. It's disgusting. I would hate to see what the inside of your bloody house looks like. I really would. Why can't we, as a group of people, behave in a human and civilised manner? You know, you're the same sort of people I expect that can't be bothered to take the shopping cart back when you do the shopping with your missus. It's just lazy. It's disrespectful. And that is the reason why towns don't want us to park in their, in their space. They don't want to be cleaning up after you messy bastards. You really don't. And then, of course, all the uh, things we're seeing about what's happening in some of these rest areas with the facilities, we complain that we don't have any facilities. And then you see a picture of faecal matter smeared all over a seat and on the floor. Now, someone's got to go and clean that up. And to me, that's disgusting. It really is disgusting. Yeah, you can look around and see, well, who did this? Who do we blame? Well, I don't know who to blame. What I know is this. It's disgusting 
and people shouldn't have to put up with it. People certainly shouldn't have to clean up after you grubs. Now, I know there's no hope that uh, anyone's going to probably catch anyone doing any of this. There was a policy I've seen at some roadhouses where they would go and actually inspect the showers after an individual's used them. You wouldn't get your keys back until the shower had been inspected. Is that what it's come to? Are we that bigger children that we can't be trusted to behave in a civilised manner? If you're one of those clowns that do this sort of thing, please switch off. I don't want you listening to me. I really don't because you disgust me if, if, if you're one of those people. We need to show some respect for other people's property. You wouldn't shit in your own shower. Why would you do it at a BP? It's disgusting. I, I'm left with no words for it. All right, that's my say on that. Let's move on with the show. Uh, we'll kick straight into the news. Drive safely and we'll catch you out there. Let's get this show on the road. Yes, get on with it. On the Road News is proudly brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Go to www.qr.com.au. Well, here we are, news time on the road, episode 167. I'm joined by Paul Biagini. Paul, nice to have you back. Nice to be back as always, Andy. I hope you're well. I am well, mate, though I think summer may have arrived. It's a bit on the warm side here. Terribly warm in, uh, out here in the Lockyer Valley today, 37, 38 degrees. So, yeah, ouch, here it is, finally. There you go. Mm. Well, my 29 warm isn't quite as warm as that. <laughs> so uh, you're off to Adelaide, mate. What's happening now in the City of Churches this weekend? For Cruiser Magazine Business, heading down there for the Adelaide Auto Expo, which is their indoor elite car show. Oh, cool. So we're heading down there to have a bit of a look have a look at some custom cars and hot rods and catch up with some customers of the magazine and a bit of a PR exercise. So, yeah, that's the fun part of the job is the travel. We don't do quite as much these days as we used to do, but it is certainly the enjoyable part where you just sort of jump on a plane and go down and have a look at some cool cars. So that's our weekend this weekend, Andy. Yeah, looking forward to it. Wish I was joining you for that. Mm. One thing that's intrigued me, you might be able to answer, where did all these stories about Adelaide being boring come from? Do you know? I don't actually. No, when when I was on the highway, I did a lot of work in and out of Adelaide. In fact, my, my dad, a lot of his interstate trucking work was in and out of Adelaide. And I'm not sure. In fact, maybe we should make that one of our little projects to look into that because it's definitely had that reputation. It has. Yeah, there's a really quite a vivid live music scene in Adelaide and that old country sort of rockabilly and roots stuff. And then they've got the Adelaide Fringe Festival. Mm. Goodness me, that's something, you know, it's always been on my bucket list. I'd love to go and have a look. So, yeah, I have heard middle child syndrome. Mm. And I guess that's geographically, you know, Perth, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne and Adelaide suffers that middle child syndrome due to just its location. I don't know if that's accurate or not. But it certainly gets a bum rap, Adelaide. It's a beautiful city. It is. Glenelg Beach all down through there. Yep. I really don't believe it deserves the rap that it gets, to be honest. No. Yeah, if you're looking for somewhere to go on a holiday, go and visit Adelaide, yeah. It's the place to go. Yeah. Remember a few years back now, they cancelled the Grand Prix down there, took it away from Adelaide. Mm. I heard that they had to shift it from Adelaide because all the F1 drivers kept falling asleep. But <laughs> it really is a lovely city. Yeah, we'll leave that there, I think. I like how you slipped that. The last two you've slipped them in, Andy, I didn't even know they were coming. Well done. 
It's a challenge, but I'm up to it. Now, news we're not talking about this week. The five Isuzu truck technicians selected to join the Walkinshaw Andretti United Racing Team at selected supercars race weekends. We won't talk about that. Nor will we talk about Hino Australia being awarded Parts Department and Service Department of the Year awards by their Japanese parent company. Or PACAR and Deakin University partnering to bring a prototype Kenworth T680 FC EV to Australia to help develop zero emission hydrogen solutions for our domestic heavy haulage market. Big mouthful. Not easy to see in one breath. And we certainly won't be talking about an Australian invented air management system claimed to increase ride quality, load stability, and revolutionising safety for heavy trucks. We won't talk about that either. <laughs> so, having not said all that. First up, news that our great friends and loyal supporters of On The Road, Queensland Rail, have brought in 15 specialist workers to help manage overgrown vegetation at Tully in Queensland. Paul, yes, mate, it's a herd of goats. Specialist workers indeed. And once again, Andy Millie was just thrilled. She was excited for me to read this out to her. She does have trouble with her hoofs on the keyboard, so I did have to read it out to her. <laughs> Millie's response to this story was a resounding excitement. In fact, the best she could come up with was... <laughs> so, very excited. So, yes, Queensland Rail has added a fleet, they've put it as, a fleet to manage the bushfire hazards on difficult blocks. So, for those of us that have travelled North Queensland, up around that tully Innisfale area... We know that after a wet season with the rain that uh, they get up there on the sides of the roads, mm. the grass and the bush, the flora can grow to extraordinary heights up there. So what they've done is, well, the headline reads, a herd of goats has annihilated weeds posing a fire risk to inaccessible terrain and a third of the time that they were given to have the job done. So as opposed to trying to get in there with gallons and gallons of weed killer or trying to get a tractor in that will probably really struggle with that, They've initiated the goats in a few railway line areas near Tully and the 15 goats were on trial, one wearing, and I've got to say, I really do not like high-vis vests. They're one of the things that drives me up the wall, but the goat wearing high-vis vest, if that's not cute, you don't have a heartbeat. Yeah, true. The 15 goats in the trial were initially given a deadline of 8 to 12 weeks to finish the task and they knocked it over in four weeks. Now, some of that grass was two metres high and growing along the rail tracks, and you don't have to be Einstein to realise the fire risk of that with the train brakes throwing sparks and, and what have you in there. Yeah, yeah. So those little guys have gone in there and gone chomp, 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 destroyed it. They destroyed most of the seed. Uh, in fact, my farm here in the Lockyer Valley, we call ourselves Lantana Farmers because we're just trying to battle the horrible thing. Yeah. I have looked at having goats here because the, the goats will actually eat the seeds as well and then... Something to do with the way the goat's belly digests. Actually, the seeds won't regenerate when they come back out the back end. So mm. good on Queensland Rail and good on the goats and what a story. Isn't that right, Miller? That's just a fabulous story. <laughs> Getting right back to basics. Very, very close. Yes. Getting back to basics, isn't that, you know, isn't that right? Back to basics. Yeah. So obviously they've got to put up some fencing to protect them from predators and protect them from uh, running around. But I think it's a fantastic, and again, dare I say, a, a green way of doing it. No pesticides, no nothing. So getting back to basics. There could be a career for me when I semi-retire, a goat herder. High on a hill was a lonely goat Bless them. Bless them. 
Paul, every year we report on the various Convoy for Kids events going on around the country, and this week reports through that this year's Goulburn Convoy for Kids attracted thousands of people with triple the number of rides, attractions and entertainment than ever before, with over 200 trucks attending and one Yogi Kendall there posing for photos with his beloved PJ too. Mm, I believe our team was down there. Yes, it was a rather big weekend. Yeah. I spoke to our fearless leader and Craig and Yogi and the girls on Sunday afternoon. There seemed to be a little bit of party hangover going on there, but yes, absolutely. <laughs> Another fantastic event, 200 trucks, live music from local artists, Face painting a petting zoo. No doubt there was goats in that petting zoo. No doubt. Train ride so much more for the kids. Yogi was there with PJ, pressing the flesh and doing the things that he does with that great big smile of his. Mm. Oh, and Blue and Bingo. Uh, I'm sure Mike promised me he was going to send me a photo of Blue and Bingo because I can tell you I'm a massive fan of those guys. Mm. So best of all, and as usual, these wonderful events, $70,000 just over was raised for charity, yep. and that charity will go back into Kids for Goulburn to help them support initiatives throughout the year for local sick, disabled and disadvantaged children and their families. So once again, bravo to the transport people and Goulburn and the committee putting it on. Once again, the transport industry doing good things for the community, Andy, as usual. Leading the way. As usual. Yeah. On the topic of trucking events, by all reports, this year's Mullumbimby Truck Show was a major success also, with more than 12,000 in attendance, breaking last year's record with a 25% increase. This is an interesting one, actually, Mullumbimby, because it combines their ag show, Hmm. which I wasn't really aware of until last year. So it's a little bit of a unique show, I guess, and a very clever one. It makes sense to do it, doesn't it? Absolutely. Trucks, tractors, farm animals, mm. again, it's, it's all complimentary. So, uh, yeah. And goats. Yeah. Yes. So, organiser Mark Ward said there was an increase in 25%, which again goes to show the dedication of the transport industry behind these shows and the excitement to take the gear out. So, there was 18 categories. Well, lots of trophies. Uh, so, there was 85 trucks registered to go in for the trophies. And I believe Friday night that the rain god smiled upon them. There was a Quite a storm down there on the Friday night. Saturday and Sunday was just beautiful weather. So it's been running since 2009, the truck side of it in the show. Yeah, once again, just a great turnout. Bravo again to the transport industry and also to the committee and the show. Yeah. And uniquely, what a great idea putting a truck show on within the ad show. I think that's great. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, good on you, Mullumbimbians. Now, Paul, according to the New South Wales government, it's always a good way to start, (laughs) truckies will save up to 30 minutes in travel time when travelling between Queensland and Victoria thanks to 38 new overtaking lanes along the full length of the Newell Highway. 30 minutes? 30 minutes. I'd like to know where they come up with those numbers, but anyway, good on them for trying. Mm. So speaking at an official ceremony to acknowledge the end of the four-year project, I can imagine all the suits would have been there with hard hats maybe. They usually put the hard hats on at the beginning with their little shovels and stuff. Oh, yeah. New South Wales Regional Transport and Roads Minister Jenny Aitkinson said that the 60 kilometres of overtaking lanes between Togemore and into the north of Arrow represented $238 million in investment in regional roads. It always astounds me how expensive road building is. The telephone numbers are amazing, the cost of building roads. Yeah, it's not cheap. 
the biggest one was the uh, overtaking lane at Tap Hill, North Gilgandra, which I've traversed hundreds and hundreds of times. It's now 5.7 kilometres long, which is really awesome. That's a big, long taking lane. So hats off for them for doing it. It's really great. They've put one in on the Pilliga, uh, one south of Kinnabarabin, one near the Pilliga rest area, and one south of Narrabri. So these are all good, particularly that one south of Narrabri. I was down there recently at Wee War in the car, and, yeah, gee whiz, with the trailers clicking on one after another in the green halves in season. Hmm. Some of those combinations down there are getting longer and longer and longer, and trying to get around them even in the car becomes quite a challenge. Now, our good friend Rod Hannaford, who's the president of the National Road Freighters Association, for those who don't know, welcome the overtaking lanes, as we all should. Hmm. It's, a, it's a great initiative, and more the better. However, and isn't there always a however when it comes to any government spending? But Rod believes, and Rod is normally right and accurate with his predictions, they could have saved 30% more if they had a bit more consultation with the industry on where they were built. Mm-hmm. Now, again, talk to the people that actually do it before you go and do it because there's nothing more accurate than talking to a driver that's got to click down through gears and go up a hill. So hats off for the government doing it, but it would be great for them to talk to the drivers. I mean, at the end of the day, on these, particularly the inland highways, I guess the, the whole idea of the overtaken lane really is around trucks. So it would be good to see them have a little bit more consultation with the transport industry on where they should be put and how long they should be. They may not necessarily have to take our advice, but it would be good for them to seek the advice. Just summing up on that, the good old federal government, they're so wonderful, they contributed $60 million towards those 19 overtaking loans. Mm. Step in the right direction, we need more, and as we always keep saying, we need some more rest areas as well. Well, I was just going to say that, mate, if we could have tied them in with a few more rest areas and some of Rod's brilliant green reflectors along the way, that would have been an even better thing. It would have been a better outcome again. At least we're in the right direction, I guess. Yeah. One step at a time. One step at a time. Well, staying on topic with the New South Wales government for the moment, in the interests of transparency... (laughs) They're, uh, sorry, I got lost there. That was an interesting concept. In the interests of transparency, they're saying that Sydney motorists can expect to be paying in the vicinity of $123 billion in tolls by the year 2060. I can only say, Paul, I am so glad that Mike isn't here to be commenting on this because we'd be here for months. Well, as I said to you before we started the broadcast, Andy, I do have my timer on my desk this week because I wouldn't be far behind him. (laughs) And that headline, I think, if we weren't time-restricted, I'd like to repeat it four or five times over. $123 billion in tolls. Well, seriously, when you see a headline like the New South Wales government said in the interest of transparency, it's right up there with, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. The toll bill from the West Connects alone is going to be $64 billion out to 2060. That is one toll road, Andy. Hmm. That is just extraordinary. The treasurer, Daniel Monkey, or Mookie, my apologies, (laughs) says, Close. (laughs) Close. (laughs) Says New South Wales residents deserve to have transparency with its government. Well, don't we all? Are they not all public servants of the people? That was my understanding, yeah. 
I've always wondered about that. Mm. So uh, the people of New South Wales, he believes, deserve to know what they've been signed up to under privatised contracts, and especially so when they're talking about multi-decades of bills for everyone who drives a vehicle in Sydney. Mm. You know, an interesting thing when our, um, I'm not sure whether you were living up here when the gateway, uh, the first gateway bridge went in, Andy, but... No. The promise back then was once the bridge was paid for, the tolls would be removed. And I found that to be a fair and equitable statement. I thought, okay, that's in the old days when you pull up the toll booth, throw the coins in and take off. And the statement was once the road is paid for, the tolls will be removed. Mm. The tolls are still there, Andy. Yeah, but to be fair, you know, rather than removing the tolls, they decided to build a second bridge, didn't they? True, Yeah. true. And then they have extended the roads, I will say that. So once again, a bit of transparency. Wouldn't it be nice for these governments and these toll road owners to maybe do just a brief, like I'm sure they do an annual budget. So perhaps release those figures once a year and say, okay, motoring public, because we're sticking it to you to travel on these roads, even though you pay your red dough, even though you pay your fuel tax, even though you pay your CTP insurance, you're still paying to use this road, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But here's the balance sheet for this year. I'm not saying drill down in every last dollar of what every employee gets, whatever, no, no, but let's have once a year, just have a, okay, the amount owing on the toll road last year was this amount. This year it's gone down by this amount because of the tolls paid. Mm. I'm sure some of us wouldn't feel so bad. I'm going to say a little bit of a different thing, but I, I know a lot of people complain about the Brisbane Airport, the parking. Yep. One thing I will say about the Brisbane Airport, and I only park there three or four times a year, is every time I go there, there's an improvement. Mm. So they add something, they add a building, it gets better and better. So I don't feel so ripped off when I pay my parking at the Brisbane airport because every time I go back, it's a little bit better. But with roads, when you travel the roads all day, every day, you become complacent. And I just think it would be nice for some more transparency to say, you know what, this is what's going on and this is what we're doing. But yeah, I've got to say, gee whiz, there is telephone book numbers again, as our big Mike would say. So the government has recently introduced down there a $60 weekly toll cap to begin on January 1 to ease the cost of living impacts on the tolls of an estimated 720,000 drivers who pay the most. Mm. Now, I'm interested to know how that would actually work. So does that mean, you know, the poor old tipper and dog operators that run in and out of that place and around Carton Sand and uh, building materials, are they going to be capped uh, for $60? No, it will be just the car drivers, Andy. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just mind-boggling the amount of money that's getting thrown around. And, and as we spoke about before, Let's start awarding just government and corporations acting the goat. And I think this week they are one that will get the acting the goat award. Yeah. That's all they deserve, Andy. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, that's pretty much the formal side of things. Have you got anything breaking for us? Any breaking news? I do. I'll see if I can dig out your 1950s music here. Here we go. What do you got? Okay. Speaking of governments, the Queensland councils have discovered $1.3 billion in assets that did not even know they owned. Let me repeat that. That's $1.3 billion with a B, not with an M. 
So these are assets they did not even know that I owned, including vast stretches of forgotten roads that have been neglected due to administrative blunders. This is according to the Queensland Audit Office, so it's not just Facebook Chinese whispers. <laughs> the latest auditor's report found that over the past five years, Queensland councils have discovered that $1.3 billion worth of assets they did not even realise they owned. This included roads, bridges. In fact, a Grattan Institute report found a quarter of the councils in Queensland was unaware of how many roads and bridges are actually owned within their council. Oh, dear. In, tw- in 2021, <laughs> the Brisbane City Council, it discovered $17 million in unaccounted for assets that they had no clue they even owned. Yeah, look, to be fair though, mate, I mean, I, I often forget where I put my keys, so how easy would it be? Where did, where did we put that bridge last week? I can't where remember. We put that, has anyone seen that bridge? So yeah. in that same report in that same period, the good old Central Highlands Regional Council, yeah. they managed to, I guess, scratch around with, you know, like I'm a bit of a gardener, Andy, when you scratch around the garden with your fork and you go, oh, there's my front door key that I left under that rock and then the plants were over 35 years ago when I come home drunk. Yeah. Wonder where I left the whippersnipper. Yeah. So in that same period, the Central Highlands Regional Council, bless them, they discovered $32.5 million worth of footpaths, pipes, culverts and floodways that they'd forgotten to own 13 years ago and they've only just rediscovered them now. So they try to flog them off at a garage sale or something to recoup the money of? Well, perhaps they put them on marketplace. They could have been, yeah. So, uh, once again, that's just councils and governments using our money and coming up with a total and utter <laughs> goat show, Andy. Just a goat show. <laughs> These governments and councils have got to stop acting the goat. Yeah, they have. It might not happen in our lifetime, but yeah. Good day, mate. Well, thought for the week. Uh, now, I did a bit of research on this one. They've never been able to identify the author for this week's Thought of the Week, but I, I kind of like it anyway. It's short and it's sweet, and it just simply says, life is a disease, the only cure is rock and roll. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Works for me. Very good, sir. Well, thank you. Thank you as well. Safe in your travels to the deep, dark south, and have a good time. No worries, and safe travelling to all our listeners. Keep well, everybody, please. Indeed. See you next week. See you, Andy. The Road News is proudly brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Go to www.qr.com.au. G'day, it's Andy here once again to introduce you to another of our wonderful Aussie music artists. This week's guest is a young lady who's been described as bubbly and effervescent and is continuing to win fans wherever she goes. She writes songs with a maturity way beyond her years and she has a real gift for connecting with her audience from the moment she sets foot on the stage. She's performed with and supported the best in the business and has picked up numerous awards not only for her music but also for her volunteer work in the community earning her a Young Citizen of the Year award and a place in the Courier Mail's most influential 30 under 30 list. With her infectious optimism and down-to-earth quirky charm, along with her distinctive voice and well-crafted songs, she is most definitely a star on the rise and one to watch out for well into the future. Allow me to introduce to you the delightful Denver. I don't know what's your- 
Denver. Thanks for joining us on the road. Hello. How are you going? Doing well, thank you. And yourself? Yeah, pretty good. Hey, listen, when you read someone's bio and it states that with a background in dance and musical theatre from the age of four, the stage is truly is Denver's second home. And I'm like, hang on, four? <laughs> You've clearly known what you want to be doing with your life right from the start. Tell us about the early days. What or who inspired you to write and perform your own music? I think, I mean, because of dancing, like I was constantly surrounded by so many different types of music. Sure. So I definitely found a love for just music in general. Like obviously country was always my first love, but yeah, just like all different types I was like constantly surrounded by. So I think I just love the story behind things. And obviously with dancing as well, you're telling a story with the body and then um, singing, you're, you're telling the actual story. And I just loved like with those two together, I loved, you know, the story that you could tell. And I think I gravitated towards country music because, you know, it is such a storytelling genre. Mm. And, you know, you listen to a song and you, you get taken on the journey, I guess, with them. So, yeah, I think that's why I, I went with country, just because it's so, yeah, storytelling-esque. Um, but, yeah, no, I loved it. Yeah, those ones that sort of create a picture in your mind, you, you actually feel like you're living the lyrics to the song. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Now, you've been sharing stages and warming up crowds for the likes of Busby Maru, Felicity Urquhart, Troy Casadaly, Fanny Lumsden, James Johnson, to name just a few. It must have been a real hoot for you. Absolutely crazy. Like people ask me all the time, like, oh, do you ever get used to that? I'm like, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> absolutely not. It's such a blessing. And, you know, every one of those guys that you just mentioned, like such beautiful, lovely people. Yeah. And like they're always, I don't know, I, I guess being a support, you kind of expect like your big wig of the show to like not really talk to you, not have time for you. That's certainly what I expected, but they always came down, had a chat. Like, they were always so interested in what I, you know, had to say, which is so crazy. Yeah. Because, like, they're so big. So, yeah, it was crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. Well, it's such a supportive industry. I found that, too, talking to so many people along the way. And it's a really great opportunity, I guess, to learn from the likes of legends like them. Yeah, it, it is really inclusive and Again, I, I think that's why country music is such a big thing for me. But, yeah, it's just like family, basically. It is family. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm. And, like, every festival is like a family reunion. You just get to go and hang out and then, like, sing. <laughs> oh, what a buzz. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So your brand-new single, Do Without, we're going to play the song shortly. But before we do, what's the background of the song? Where did it come from? So I wrote it the start of this year. It was a week before I was set to go to the Tamworth Country Music Festival. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously I was very excited. You know, I love Tamworth. So it was always a good time. Mm. And my partner of two years decided that he just didn't want to do it anymore. He didn't want to be with me anymore. Great. Yeah, so I was like, sick. That's The <laughs> timing could not have been better, I think, buddy. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of just sat on my bed with my three-year-old sister crawling all over me and just, yeah, Basically, it's like heartbroken me. I don't keep a diary because I can't commit, but if I did keep a diary, it would be this song. It's a very like diary entry kind of-esque. Songwriting is probably as great a way of diarising as you can, really. Yeah, pretty much, pretty yeah. much. But yeah, it's just basically like all my thoughts just like spewed onto a piece of paper. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Well, I'm sorry for your experience, but clearly his loss. <laughs> hey, I got a song out of it, so like, can't be too bad. <laughs> yeah, win-win. Yeah. 
So your previous single, Should Have Known, I was talking about that with you before. It's a ripper too, and we might just play that later on to finish up the show as well. Yeah, thank you. All good. Where can we go online to find out more about you, your music, concert dates, all that sort of stuff? Well, I'm just Denver everywhere. I have a weird name, so I like to keep it simple. And that's D-E-N-V-A-H, yeah? Yes. Right. Again, weird spelling as well. Um, I like to confuse people, apparently. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm just Denver everywhere. So if you just, like, type that into any sort of anything, something will come up at least. <laughs> Wonderful. And what's coming up for you for the rest of the year leading up to Tamworth early in the new year? Any shows happening? Um, I have my single launch. It's only a tiny, mini, cute little thing, but um, yeah. I'm doing yeah, doing a single launch for Do Without, so I'm excited about that. I haven't really done much of those before because, you know, I released during COVID and then life happened. Yeah. So, yeah, now I'm, like, actually starting to do things. So, yay. <laughs> yeah, good on you. Well, folks, our guest this week has been the lovely Denver. Mate, thanks a bunch for coming out to play on the road with us today. Thank you for having me. Now, it's time for us to have a listen to your new single, Denver. Would you please introduce it for us? Sure thing. This is my brand new single, Do Without. I hope you love it. Cheers, Denver. Take care. Thank you. Now your father was always easier to get along with And the next girl I hope your mother will like I know your sister always thought I wasn't good enough for you Now I can see you thought that Should have chose someone else instead Hope you get that car you wanted Hope one day you can run your father's shop Hope life doesn't leave you gold hearted Hope you always want to give and never stop But as it turns out I have my doubts I don't know what you're about Cause I can do without Just a couple more answers Cause when someone leaves Well they should probably tell you why But you turned your back on everything You knew that was true And now you're left here With someone that isn't you And now I'm sorry if I seem lost Just trying to figure out where we're at And your mother's favorite song Is the one who showed you first So I hope you're cool with that Hope you get that car you wanted Hope one day you can run your father's shop Hope love doesn't leave you gold hearted Hope you always want to give and never stop But as it turns out I have my doubts I don't know what you're about So I can do without Maybe next time, just make sure you're sure So you can avoid breaking someone's heart in two You broke me, but I forgive you Hope you get that car you wanted Hope one day you can run your father's shop Hope life doesn't leave you cold hearted Hope you always want to give and never stop But as it turns out 
There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Hi there. Uh, I've chosen for the last few weeks not to uh, talk about the closing loopholes bill of omnibus legislation. A lot of other people are talking about it. So I'm going to have, have one more say about it and then leave it right alone until we see what happens with it. Robert Gottlobson, a journalist, has uh, written at length about it this week and he keeps relating back to the uh, RSRT and how he believes that what's in there for the trans for road transporters is, is just harking back to that with this road transport advisory group they're talking about. I don't necessarily agree with him. I don't agree with him on that point, but some of the other points he makes I do. Matthew Munro from the ATA, the Chief Executive Officer, he visited uh, Senator Carol Brown this week um, to talk about that bill and other key transport issues. And to quote, I advised Assistant Minister Brown that ATA broadly supports the transport-specific sections of the Closing Loopholes Bill and discussed the importance of our proposed amendments, Matthew said. End of quote. Uh, and that's fine. That sort of falls in line with uh, some of the things many of us, and not all of us, have been saying about the bill, that we were never uh, forewarned or advised that what we were after to try and fix some of the problems in road transport was going to be part of a large piece of industrial relations legislation that was going to change the landscape for almost all of industry. Uh, OK, road transport is part of all of industry, but it's a very important standalone part of it as such needs to be treated that way. And I think uh, Matthew Munro is saying that in, in a roundabout way to the Minister, keeping the doors open while he's making his point. And, yeah, good on him but there's plenty more happening. The Crossbreath Senators are, are asking for the bill to be split. Mr Burke, the Minister for Industrial Relations, currently is saying, oh, no, we won't be splitting it. Uh, if it can't go through it in its entirety, it won't be happening. Well, you know, what's he trying to prove with that? Is he just trying to say, well, you know, if we can't have our own way, uh, you can't have anything? Things need fixing, but we're not going to fix them unless we do it our way. And then, of course, you know, you hear the old claim that, oh, you know, we have a clear mandate to do this. Well, I'm sorry, but they don't for two reasons. They won power on 34% of the overall vote with our uh, system we have as, uh, with preferences and everything. And some people call it gerrymander, and there's been all sorts of stories about that. That's another debate. They don't have control of the Senate, and so they don't have a clear mandate. Otherwise, they would have had... Uh, more than 50% of the electorate supporting them and they would have control of the Senate. Uh, it's probably a good thing they don't. That's not just because it's a Labor government in power. I don't think it's a good thing for any political party to have control of both houses. I really think that that, um, that sort of, in a way, might defeat uh, 
the way the system's supposed to work. I've been saying all along, and now many other commentators are saying, that the only way that this bill could possibly pass is, is if it was bipartisan, in other words, supported by both sides of the House. Now, Senator Stirl made a statement here a few weeks ago on one of our shows that we all ought to be targeting a coalition senator in Victoria to get them on board. Well, I'm sorry, Senator Stirl, but that's a little bit little bit out of whack with reality because if it was going to be a bipartisan bill and everyone was going to be on the same page to try and fix up some of the loopholes in industrial relations and in specific industries, the invitation to be part of it all should have been at the start of it all, not at the end of it all. There should have been uh, meetings between the coalition and the crossbench senators and the government and saying, well, look, this is what we want to do. Uh, We want you on board. How far can we go? And, um, you know, what will you support? What won't you support? Let's get this happening. And then, of course, once it's happened, if they want to amend it or do things like that to make it more uh, to their liking, well, um, they can run the risk of getting that through too. But at the moment, we're uh, we're, we're sitting here, everyone's sitting on their hands. You know, there's supposed to be a decision being brought down in February. That decision more than likely might be that the bill doesn't get passed. And in the meantime, we've got problems in our industry that is not in crisis, I emphasise that, but there are problems out there that are only getting worse and being exacerbated by the rapid growth in, in overseas takeovers and in uh, court cases that really make you wonder. The legislation that we need as an industry, industry-specific and in place, and was applied with the KISS principle, KISS, K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid, uh, it seems to me that we've got a real problem at the moment with, with lawyers and barristers and bureaucrats and public servants and even ministers and, and politicians uh, just coming up with all these fancy words and long-winded statements and sentences and, and, you know, and all they're really trying to do is keep themselves in a job and keep us confused. But that's probably not right. That's probably not what they're trying to do, but that's what they're actually achieving. We need to get back to basics. We need to get back to reality. We need to understand that what works for road transport is probably not going to work for the uh, catering industry or the, or, or the aged care industry or even the uh, aeronautics industry um, and certainly not for the mining industry. So uh, it's about time that a few people had their heads bumped together and realised that this is much more serious than just getting a piece of ideology, you know, belonging to one political persuasion through. can't have one size fits all in, in a democratic society. What you can do is have a size that pleases most people. Uh, as one famous politician said many years ago, you can't please all of the people all of the time, but you can please some of the people some of the time, and that's what we need to be trying to do. We need to be trying to please most of the people most of the time. That's the last I'm going to have a say about this uh, until we see the results of the Senate inquiry, but I, I really believe they've been badly handled, not only from one side of the fence either. Thanks for listening. This has been Bob McMillan. To take us out of the show, here once again is this week's special music guest, the delightful Denver, with a song that's all about the benefit of hindsight called I Should Have Known. Side of the street, my best friend's house, and I always didn't meet. You were looking somewhere down the road. It's playing out like some bad movie scene. I was talking, but you were hardly listening. You didn't want to be there, and it really showed. Then out of nowhere, 
cause you didn't trust it Didn't want my advice cause you wouldn't take it Didn't want my time cause you said you're better off without it Then you said you're fine with being alone You'd rather do everything all on your own Now I'm sitting here thinking well maybe I should Wind was blowing and I was freezing But it didn't stop my heart from bleeding And you were still looking down that road What I can't figure out is how we talked all the time Now we don't talk, no Cause you said Didn't want my heart cause you didn't trust it Didn't want my advice cause you wouldn't take it Didn't want my time cause you said you're better off without it Then you said you're fine with being alone Rather do everything all on your own Now I'm sitting here thinking well maybe I should is brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. And MTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Until next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions.